Hey, you're listening to Terrifying Travels, the podcast where two friends will discuss a true crime and a paranormal story in a new city every week, except not this week. This week we're back in Chicago. (laughs) Because we somehow did only like seven episodes in and we are already pairing up. (laughs) So we did all the true crime that all the true crime Chicago had to offer, like all of it, that there's none of it. Yes. Last episode. And this episode we are doing all the ghosts there's no more ghosts left after this yep yeah a city's so nice we had to do it twice like yes actually it was really funny I was sharing that with my dad um and of course he was laughing because sweetie Al Capone did not allegedly do that he did that (laughs) but my dad is always trying to encourage me to stay in Winnipeg he doesn't want me traveling anymore and I say you know Chicago's got so much crime how did we end up doing the same and dad goes, yeah, well, you know, Winnipeg's got a lot of crime, too. <laughs> like, I know exactly what you meant, but that's not how that came out. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Winnipeg's got a ton of crime, guys, according to my dad. Ton of crime. Oh, or, my God. It's a great job, if, or it's a great thing if you're a true crime podcaster. Um, I live here, though. <laughs> Isn't Canada, like, the safest country oh. in the world? Yeah, no, my brother and I... <laughs> We say that regularly. Winnipeg's got a lot of true crime, depending on, or a lot of crime, depending on where you're from. Mm. Um, and I think Winnipeg has the highest murder rate in Canada. It's a oh. joke compared to where I'm from. Oh. We've got bars that have more murders than Winnipeg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my brother and I knew my dad settled too well into Canada when he goes, there's a bar here that that's had a couple shootings. And dad says, yeah, they've had a lot of shootings. And Jamie and I just, wow, if you say it's had a lot of shootings, there must be a lot of shootings. Yeah, it's had two in two years. <laughs> that's one a year. <laughs> We've literally had churches that have had that many shootings. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, no, although Can- Winnipeg does have a lot of random stabbings oh so I wouldn't encourage walking around downtown um especially Ooh. at night and they are random there's a lot of weird stuff happening it's society everyone's angry all of that it's fun so drugs yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> I still stick, though. I prefer stabbings over shootings because you don't often get hit by a stray knife. Yes. So, yes. yeah, and for the most part, if, I, I wonder, too, sometimes, you know, if you go downtown and there's a junkie buzzed out and weird, doing weird shit over there, maybe don't go harass him. <laughs> Stay away from him. True. My brother True. had that when we were in Vancouver. I went to the bathroom because we went to McDonald's for breakfast, and I went to the bathroom. As soon as I came back, Jamie just grabs me by my arm and goes, it's time to go. Why what happened? Well, the druggies were starting to yell at each other. When the druggies start <laughs> aggravating themselves, it's time to leave. It's like, you know what, Jamie? That's valid. Valid. Super valid. When the weird guy starts yelling at himself in the mirror, it's time to go. Yes. And yes. You know, I also, I'm weird. I, I kind of find it entertaining. Yeah, you tell him. You tell him. Oh, you tell him about his mama. That's a fair, it's a reflection. But yeah, you tell him. So we're talking about some crazy stuff. Yeah. Maddie, would you we're gonna skip. We've already done uh locate or we've already done where to go. We've already done true crime. Oh my god, Sabrina, speak. We've already done true fa- facts. I think yes. it's time to let Maddie speak and we're just going right into our cases.
right into our cases today. And we're, it's, it's weird that we both have a different case today, but we both chose houses and our houses are on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Well, at least we can guarantee that. Yeah, but they're both equally as haunted, I think. Exciting. Exciting. So I'm going to hop into my case. Now, I found out about this case from a ghost hunting YouTube channel that I watch called The Watcher. Um, It is the boys of BuzzFeed Unsolved basically made their own channel and their own ghost hunting show. It's funny because I've heard so much about this BuzzFeed Unsolved, and uh-huh. I still think of, like, BuzzFeed as in, like, what type of cupcake are you? <laughs> and so it's weird to hear, like, they're solving serious shit. Yes. And yes, my brain like... just cannot wrap my head around that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're ghost hunters, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just kind of wonder if they throw an, an ad every couple rooms that they're, like, investigating. <laughs> Yeah, there's an ad every now and again, but that's just YouTube for you. Um, but I picked this one from YouTube because Sabrina, I know that you don't watch a ton of YouTube, so I, and I hope we wouldn't double up. So <laughs> this is the story of the whole house in Chicago and the ghosts that are currently there. I don't know it. I'm excited. Yes, here we go. All right. Our story starts with a very famous lady. Jane Addams, who was considered to be America's first social worker and a recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize, found a I know her! Oh my gosh, is her house haunted? <laughs> yes! Oh my yes. god, that's crazy! <laughs> yes, yes. No, yes. like, she's a fantastic woman. Oh, if she, she's still around, I'm gonna go meet her. I, I'm pretty sure she's, she's dead. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's oh, dead. Oh, yes, Maddie, but why are you covering this house? Oh, you mean her ghost? If she's still around, I'm going to go find her. <laughs> I, you'll see. You'll okay. see. You'll see. All right. Jane Addams, who is considered to be America's first social worker and a recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize, founded the whole house in 1889. And this house's main purpose was to house and help immigrants that were coming into Chicago. Social settlements began to pop up around London in the 1880s, and it caused a lot of problems with urbanization, industrialization, and immigration. So these social settlements sent their people to settlement houses in other countries, and the whole house was one of these houses. The whole house began to attract educated upper to middle class women and men to live in some of Chicago's poorest neighborhoods. By 1911, Chicago had 11 of these settlement houses. In the 19, sorry, in the 1890s, Hull House was located in the midst of a densely populated urban neighborhood peopled by Italian, Irish, German, Greek, Bohemian, and Russian, and Polish Jewish immigrants. During the 1920s, African Americans and uh, Hispanic people began to put down roots in the neighborhood and join the club and activities at the Hull House. Jane Addams and the Hull House residents provided kindergarten and daycare facilities for the children of working mothers, an employment bureau, an art gallery, libraries, English and citizenship classes, and theater, music, and art classes. As just genuinely an amazing person. An amazing person, an amazing woman, and doing so much good for this community. Like during this I'm, I kinda I'm kinda scared now because why is her house haunted? <laughs> We shall see. But you said you said other end of the spectrum, so maybe they're happy ghosts. 
Maybe. We'll see. Okay, okay. All right. As the complex expanded to include 13 buildings, the whole house supported more clubs and activities such as the Labor Museum, the Jane Club for single working girls, meeting places for trade union groups, and a wide variety of cultural activities. So the residents of the whole house formed an impressive group, including Jane Adams, Ellen Gates Starr, Florence Kelly, Dr. Alice Hamilton, Julia Lanthrop, Sophie, oh, this is a hard name, Sophonispa Beckenridge, and Grace. I like and how the Edith first name's Abbott. hard, but then you're like, Beckenridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From their experience in the whole house neighborhood, the whole house residents and their supporters forged a powerful reform movement. Among the projects that they helped launch were the Immigrants Protective League, the Juvenile Protective Association, the first juvenile court in America, and the Juvenile Psychopathic Clinic, later called the Institute for Juvenile Research. Through their efforts, the Illinois legislator enacted protective legislation for women and children in 1893. With the creation of the Federal Children's Bureau in 1912 and the passage of a federal child labor law in 1916, the whole house reformers saw their efforts expanded to the national level. You know, if she had started like a hundred years earlier, we probably wouldn't have a job. Yeah. Like there'd be no true crime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, like if people looked at their child and be like, oh, you just killed the cat and skinned it. Well, why didn't you go to the Jane Addams School for Children? Right. Yeah. Like it's insane. Like this has done so much good, so much good during this time. And it's, it really has kind of shaped like yeah. how America treats juveniles, like the first juvenile court, like just protecting juveniles and protecting immigrants as well. And it's just, it's shaped America like this whole house did. It's yeah. well, insane. And I, like, I come from a country that doesn't really have any of that stuff, to be honest. Um, if you go to prison, you just go to prison. Doesn't matter how old you are or what mm -hmm. you did. You just go to the mm -hmm. same prison. And I've watched, I, like, I personally know children that are just, they were a mess to begin with, which is how they ended up there, but they should not have been in prison. Right. right so right. stuff, stuff like this does need to exist. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so weird that this existed in the early 1900s. And now I feel like America has gone backwards. Like. Yeah. Well, you yes. guys are. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, we're still protecting children and like everything, but like, especially when it comes to like protecting immigrants and helping them yeah. out and getting them on their feet. I mean, like all these like things that you need to come to this country and it's just not happening anymore. And like, it's mind boggling. It's yeah. just so mind boggling. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say it's such a big topic that like, just yeah, and let's go. Yeah, <laughs> no, we, we, we don't, we can't get into it today. Maddie will get very angry. <laughs> we'll just pause ourselves, get into it, and then like go for a walk, come back, and start over. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that is a brief history of the house, and there was a lot of good to come out of this house. Uh, many people got help that they needed and an education in this house, and it's such an incredible history to just read about good deeds that people do. 
But even with all this good, there's also a little bit of bad, kind of like the yin yang. And by that, I mean, there's maybe a lot of death. So, for example, the house itself, yes. Well, I can see you've got, you know, probably a lot of unwed mothers. Um, mm. people. I'm hoping this is where you're going, where it wasn't murder. Well, maybe, you know, domestic violence. But you've got people who probably don't come from the healthiest backgrounds taking refuge yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. For example, the house itself was originally built in 1856 for Charles Hull and his wife, Millicent Hull. Millicent died of an illness in her bedroom in the house in 1860. Later, Charles and Millicent's adult daughter began renting the rooms in the home as apartments. And this is how Jane Addams acquired the house, is that she rented it from Charles's daughter in 1889. When Jane and Ellen moved in, there were already some pre-existing tenants in the building, and they told Jane of a white lady, supposedly the ghost of Millicent Hall, who would wander the halls at night. So even when Jane acquired the house and worked there and did all her good deeds, there's reportedly already a ghost there. You know, I feel really bad, but I, I just listened to so many podcasts. This is actually really familiar. <laughs> Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, as soon as you said, and she, she acquired the house from the family before, it's like, oh, right. Oh. That's me too, though. <laughs> I love my childhood home. I'm not leaving. I left, but I'm going back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, for me, if there's already reports of it being haunted in the 1800s, I'm just like, nope, nope. No. That's, that's too far back. No. Nope. Yeah. Especially like, like spiritualism was like really taking form then too. Yeah. Which is probably I'm, it. Some moron pulled out their Ouija board. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I don't like ancient ghosts. I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. Although I like that that uh, meme that's going around. Like, I can't wait for um our ghosts to be running around screaming, "It's Britney, bitch!" <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be a hit. I can't wait to see Zach Bagans tackle those girls. Yes, yes, I am excited for future archaeologists to find, like, our duck face selfies from, like, the early 2000s. I'm just... I don't have any of those, but I do have, I did have a side part that was way too yep. far to the side. Yeah, <laughs> and just be like, hmm, what ancient deity were they worshipping where they had to mimic the mouth of a duck? <laughs> D Donald Duck, this could be a Daisy Duck thing. <laughs> yes, this Disney corporation, this Disney pantheon, how diverse and how This blind. mouse was their leader. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I don't understand why all the girls have an infinity tattoo and a mustache on their finger. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, future archaeologists are going to be so confused. Oh my god, wait until they see the tribal tattoos and they're trying to figure out whose tribe it is. Exactly. <laughs> this seems to be the suburban tribe. <laughs> this seems to be the middle-aged white men who try to pick up young 20-year-old at bars try <laughs> oh yes yes their their cost their um uniforms were bald and tight black shirts <laughs> oh, okay and yes we are talking from experience <laughs> oh don't die i didn't mean to become a ghost now but if you do remember it's britney bitch <laughs> and i'm coming to haunt you <laughs> <laughs> I'm so lonely, I need it. <laughs> okay, focus, focus it, focus it. All right. Jane Addams is being haunted. Yes, Jane Addams is being haunted. 
And so <laughs> to protect themselves in this house, they would set out buckets of water on the stairway to the attic, which they were renting. Jane deduced that by placing the water in front of their attic apartment door, they thought they could prevent the ghost from entering because of that old superstition that evil spirits cannot cross running water. Um, Jane was skeptical, but fascinated by such folklore. And she actually wrote about this in some, oh, sorry. Jane actually wrote about collecting fairy stories among the Irish people that she took in uh, with the intention of sending them to W.B. Yeats, a famous poet and collector of fairy lore. Yeah, I know that name too. But uh, buckets of water, that's uh, the opposite of running water. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that is very... Uh, uh, You're going to catch malaria, but uh, not ghosts. <laughs> that That's very, I want to say stale water. But yeah, sanding water. Stale. It's the opposite sanding of Sanding water. Thank you. I was like, oh my God, I could not think of the word. I've also never heard that before. Really? I've no. actually, I have heard of that, but I hear that like spirits are kind of attracted to it. Okay. So it is a mosquito issue. Yeah. Something like that. Or like, I don't know. I watch too many psychics on TikTok and ah. they have stories about like, they'll be talking to a ghost and the ghost will go too close to a river. And then the ghost is just like swept away and never seen again. Like it helps them like move on or something, which is why they okay. can't cross it. Yeah. Make, like that would make sense. Yeah. Um, but your bucket of water is definitely, even if you're stirring <laughs> it, it's not a river. Yeah, exactly. I guess you got to do with the space you've got, but. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yet Jane was not ready for the sheer power of superstition when it came knocking on a spring morning in 1913. On the doorstep were six Italian women who had come from several blocks away demanding to see what they called the devil baby. According to these women, a devil baby had been born the night before to a poor immigrant girl with a horrible husband inside the whole house. And then I taught them English. <laughs> Yes. Just joking. I love all my kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so in 1913, this whole house ghost story began circulating. According to the legend, after a man claimed that he would rather have a devil in his house than a picture of the Virgin Mary, his child was born with pointed ears, horns, scale-covered skin, and a tail. The mother was said to have been taken the baby to the whole house where Jane Adams was said to have attempted to have it baptized and round up locking the baby in the attic. You know what, though, if she would to move into a house that already has a ghost, sure. Why not bring me your scaly dragon baby? <laughs> we'll just back, just, we'll wash it with holy water. Their scales will come right off. It's just really bad eczema, guys. Yeah, <laughs> head and shoulders, you'll be fine. Yes. Coconut oil. Yes. Actually, at this time, it would just been do cocaine about it. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> so maybe a milk and cocaine bath, and they'll be fine. Oh my God! Put some whiskey on his teeth. Whatever it was, <laughs> gets him to stop crying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you have to be a really good person to look at a scaly dragon baby and be like, "Oh, you don't have anywhere else to go. Come on in. Come on in. My home is your home." Right. Exactly. I'm not that good. <laughs> 
it's a real beauty and the beast situation it's like do <laughs> i deny this baby and become a beast or do i take them <laughs> you know what though that is the only one of the few things i'm thankful for tiktok is i am realizing i am not alone the beast should have stayed the beast adam was not attractive <laughs> And now that I've said that publicly, I'm going to go hide. <laughs> yes, you, you better go hide. Yes, I think, <laughs> I think a certain subset of the Disney fandom will come hunting you down. But there's a lot of us, too, who's just like, honestly, I, I think the Beast was like, I'm not attracted to him, but he was better looking. Oh, hot take. <laughs> Listen, he was big and muscular, okay? <laughs> True. Didn't they base Adam, like, off of like a survey or something of what women find conventionally attractive about French people? At the time, probably. Probably. Him and Gaston are, like him and Gaston were definitely conventionally attractive. Yes. Yes. I mean, the size of Gaston's biceps. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Back on topic. (laughs) This is going to be a weird episode. All right. While initially annoyed about the story, which had no basis in fact, Jane Addams became fascinated by the effect the episode had on old women in the neighborhood and used the episode as a basis for her book, The Long Road of Women's Memory. According to Jane, there was never any devil baby or even a baby born with deformities at Hull House, but that didn't stop thousands of people, mostly women, but visiting and even offering to pay hard-earned money to see the devil baby. Recognizing the caller's tremendous hunger for a glimpse of some supernatural retribution to give meaning to the grind of their daily struggle, Jane wondered if it was even right to tell them the truth. So she never confirmed nor denied if there was a devil baby in the house. She was just like, you want to see it? Okay, you can give me some money. I can't confirm or deny if it's here. I don't hate that either, though, because the I home don't. she is running, it would be so expensive. You need yep. an income somehow, and, you know, if people are going to do it, um, she's obviously not putting a child on display. Yeah, it's just a side hustle. Like, Yeah, it'd be the same, frankly, as charging the Winchester house is charging admission. You're not guaranteed to see anything. You're just exactly. walking through a weird house. Exactly. It's like the earliest form of a ghost tour. You may yeah. or may not see something, but you still got to pay to go on it. Yeah. It'd be very different if she actually had a child dressed up in horns or something, but exactly. as is, you're making an income off of the house for the house. Yeah. yeah. So I don't blame her for that at all. Um, And Jane later found that there was many versions of this story. The story varied by the ethnic group. In the Italian version, a Catholic girl married an atheist who cursed her when she put up a religious painting, proclaiming that he would rather have a devil in his house than a Catholic icon hanging on the wall. In the Jewish version, the husband proclaimed that if the wife cannot finally give him a son, he'd rather his wife give birth to the devil than another daughter. So there's also a lot of different versions of this story um, with the devil baby. And fun fact, the this story of the devil baby was said to be the inspiration for the horror movies, Rosemary Baby and The Omen. Well, and Rosemary's Baby on its own has so many freaky connections. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, I feel like maybe we should just do a movie episode. And just well, if talk. we ever covered Hollywood. Oh, yes. Because 
all of those movies have, I mean, you're using real Latin spells and you're surprised things go wrong. Like the exorcism movie. Yes. So many people yeah. died on there. Oh my gosh. Well, and Rosemary's Baby is connected to Roman, well, it was directed by Roman Polanski and his wife was Sharon Tate. Oh, yes. 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 Ooh. Okay. I wrote that down. Noted. Okay. Because I've also got a lot of books and songs that are connected. I mean, if you read Catcher in the Rye, you'll kill someone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mice and Men, too, right? Well, I think it was South Park that had that one after reading um, Catcher in the Rye. He becomes a zombie. Kill John Lennon. Oh. Well, he's already dead. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. After six weeks, the ba- the devil baby hysteria died down and things returned to normal. Whole House's community center grew into the complex of 13 buildings, like I mentioned earlier. Two of these buildings are known to be haunted today. The whole house itself and the former residence dining hall next door. Workers and visitors to the whole house, the original settlement, which is now a museum, often feel a presence in Jane Addams' bedroom. Incidentally, the same bedroom where, where the... Pre- where the previous resident Millicent Hull died. So Millicent Hull and Jane Adams shared the bedroom and you just feel a presence there all the time. Um, one staff member even admits to walking into the room and greeting the spirits of the house every morning when she arrives. Other museum workers have heard footsteps throughout the house or heard their names being called when no one else is there. In the library, books often fall off of the shelves. On one tour, a staff member even reported that a book actually flew off of the book's shelf in front of a room of people. On another tour, an employee in his tour group saw a chair slide out from under a desk and fall over. In the residence hall dining room building next door, which still serves as offices and common areas for staff, employees also experience paranormal activity. Two employees in different parts of the building both clearly heard a woman talking downstairs, though no other living soul was present. Doors often slam inexplicably, especially in the kitchen. One employee was actually locked in the kitchen on three separate occasions by a door which shuts and locks on its own, which to me says that ghost is not like you, dude, and you need to find a new job. An invisible I feel like presence. there are signs where it's like, if no, 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 if the knife is only being thrown at you, babe, it's time to leave. Yeah, you're the bad vibes here. Yeah. <laughs> it's time you to know, go. Even if you're not the bad guy- vibes, the ghost doesn't like you. Yeah. Yeah. And this isn't a bitchy coworker you could just give side eye to. This is a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. An invisible presence has been heard rifling through the butler's pantry. A visiting artist also captured some weird photos of shadows and unexplained lights in the building. According to employees, a few of the ghostly stories told by visitors to the whole house have mundane explanations. Most of the ghostly photos of the whole house features the downstairs windows. The strange figures which seem to appear in these photos are nothing more than greasing smudges on the windows caused by other ghost hunters pressing their faces against the glass. Sometimes every single window is smeared with face prints. Um, That's the explanation that the whole house gives visitors if they take a photo and they see something weird in the windows, but no. I think that's actually hilarious. Right. (laughs) But you know, I I do kind of wonder if sometimes there's stuff like that where it's like, no, everyone has touched it and that's why the statue has changed colors. That happened to the statue of Juliet in Verona? Yes. Yes, I touched, I 
I I did touch her while I was there, but you're supposed to grab her boob for yeah, good no. luck in your love life. And, and they're so shiny I and polished now. Yes. <laughs> well, there's a, a dog, I think somewhere in England, that people have patted his head so much. A dog statue, obviously. Yes. yes that yes. it's changed colors. There's a lot of statues like that that have changed colors because they've been touched so much. Yes, 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 yes. Um, other unsubstantiated reports include ghost children being seen on the whole house's second floor or in the coat in the courtyard. A six foot monk has also purportedly been seen in the courtyard where some claim a portal to the next world exists. Popular accounts also include ghostly footsteps heard and mysterious orbs of light seen on the staircase leading to the second floor. Claims that some have glimpsed the evil little face of the devil baby peering out of the upstairs window still persists, which just okay. Goes but to did show... you just did you just gloss over a portal to another world? Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, like I've got one in the bathroom too. It's fine. It <laughs> There's so many portals all over. Like I watch too much Ghost Adventures. I just kind of gloss over it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. Carry on. So baby's yeah. evil face. Yes. Um. <laughs> I was, I was waiting for you to take a breath, but you just didn't. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, uh, some have glimpsed the evil little face of the devil baby peering out of the upstairs windows still persists, which just goes to show, at least, that rumors never truly die. And that's about it for the hauntings at the whole house. I also, uh, just, I also just realized uh, at that time um, that ugly devil baby was probably just a slightly disfigured baby yeah yeah so I'm I'm actually if that was the case and I'm extra impressed with her for not making it a thing right exactly because yeah, yeah. at that time a down syndrome baby or something would have just been yeah we don't have to get into that but it wouldn't have been yeah. nice <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly so, uh, last paragraph, let me wrap up here. Uh, <laughs> Jane Addams was head resident until her death in 1935. Hull House continued to serve the community surrounding the Halstead location and, until it was displaced by the urban branch campus of the University of Illinois in the 1960s. Until 2012, the social service center role was performed throughout the city at various locations under the umbrella organization, the Jane Addams Whole House Association. The original Whole House building itself is a museum, part of the College of Architecture and the Arts at the University of Illinois, Chicago, and is open to the public. And that's my case. And that was a good case. Thank you. Actually, I think that was our first supernatural story that's been like hardcore. Yeah, yeah, there's like, a lot. <laughs> finding supernatural cases are sometimes so hard as I'm like, this skull sometimes screams. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, there's a lot that's in this house. And if you want to see a ghost, a ghost investigation of this house from 2022, uh, check out The Watcher on YouTube and they have an episode all about this house. Well, that's good to know. I might check it out then. Okay, so today I'm covering, um, I'm trying not to make it a crime case, but I'm covering H.H. Holmes. Ooh. Yes. So I tried really hard. This, this case, um, well, to begin with, like I said to Maddie, I'm actually in university right now. 
and I'm a history major, so all I have is essays after essay after essay. I'm not okay. So this one was pretty quick, quickly done, but I also left out um, a lot of detail because this can be such a big case. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to go into the true crime aspect of it. I wanted to keep the supernatural ending. Um, yeah. However, you might get a kick out of this. Um, it was very hard to find any information about the supernatural aspects of it. Oh. Um, I found some, you know, I'd finally find a site that was giving me a lot of information, and it was either really poorly done, mm. like a six-year-old wrote it. Oh, no. Or it was an advertisement, basically, for an Airbnb or a tour, which makes it sound kind of shady. Like, is there a ghost here, or are you seeing a ghost and adding an extra $100 to the fee? Yeah. yeah. And then I finally found a really good site, right? Mm -hmm. It was really detailed. It was giving me tons of ghosts. And as I'm reading it, uh, the next paragraph was about Sam and Dean Winchester. Uh, <laughs> it was a fan page for Supernatural. Oh my gosh, it was a Supernatural fanfic. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> so I had to, well, it wasn't even a fanfic because they do have a case where H.H. Uh, H. Holmes attacks them. Oh. I think I think it was the case when uh, Joe, the daughter of another ghost hunter, yeah. decides to go be a ghost hunter and she goes missing. She goes missing oh. in this house. Oh. So they've got to go rescue her. I'm pretty sure that's the episode. Oh. But yeah, I'm reading about how strong H.H. H. Holmes' ghost is. <laughs> and yeah, because it, it threw Dean across the room. And I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> oh, bless. Oh. So, well, I, I will cover who H.H. Who H. Holmes is, though. Yes. Yes. I feel like um, if you wanted to do the true crime, it could be its own day trip. Like, just the true crime element? You know, I was going to do, I was actually going to do for my day trip last week, I was going to do Bugs Malone. Oh, yeah. So we got both sides of that, but I realized, you know, we don't need three Chicago episodes. (laughs) Fair enough. Especially not in a row. So I'll I'll cover him, and also he's such a big case. It's one of those ones where you really need to focus on him. Yes. So, Jesus Christ, he's just killing everybody? (laughs) Yes, yes. So, and you know, your Jane Addams was protecting young women and giving them a home. H.H. Yes. Um, H. Holmes was targeting those women. Yes. 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 This so, is what I meant by I said they were on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, no, they really were. It actually, so I told you last episode, I told you about that tour I went on where yes. I was just kind of taken in by that Brazilian family. Yeah. On the tour, though, we went around, and at some point, we ended up at a hotel. I can't remember the name of the hotel. I want to say Continental, but that's from John Wick. Uh, But it's a big hotel that is also very haunted, and it was, I think it might have been the one um, Al Capone stayed at. But we were there, and somehow it was tied in. And so the tour guide's like, yes, and Holmes targeted, like, young female travelers who were traveling alone. And the son of the family just made a quick glance at me. (laughs) <laughs> oh. it's like yes young solo traveler traveling traveling alone yes <laughs> yeah. so we have been targeted from the beginning of time yep absolutely so now we will discuss and honestly though if i was given this name maybe i'd feel some kind of way too <laughs> webster mudget 
was born in 1861 to a wealthy New Hampshire family. Like, you got money, bro. Chill. Like all good little serial killers do, he took an interest in death and dying at a young age. It is suggested that he's actually responsible for the death of a nine-year-old friend when he was younger. I don't know anything more about that. After graduating high school, the ch he changed his name to Henry Howard Holmes, possibly actually after his favorite detective, Sherlock Holmes, and was accepted to the University of Michigan Medical School. While there, he would steal cadavers to mutilate and then pose somewhere so that it looked like they died in an accident, but not before taking out some nice life insurance policies, as one does. Like, honestly, it's too bad they're harder to get now. <laughs> life insurance policies were so easy, I could take one out on Morgan. <laughs> True, on a person that doesn't exist. Yeah, or someone who died, like, I'm sorry, they're cadavers from a medical school, which means, well, they're dead, obviously, and, yeah. like, it's known they're dead? Yeah. So how did you manage to take a, an insurance policy out on them? Not only then, but then kill them differently than they originally died. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I love it. it. I love it. That, this is his side hustle. Like, Jane had her side hustle. This is his side hustle. Well, and like we kind of said about, um, this is obviously more problematic, but like, you're yeah. dealing with dead bodies that are already dead. <laughs> yes. And as yeah. someone who's had to fight with insurance companies and then just be told, no, you went to the wrong hospital and so, therefore we don't cover that. Oh. Fuck it. Take the money. Take the money. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So in 1884, and honestly, pay attention to the dates. I didn't realize how short this happened. This all happened in like. Yes. But all of the so, crazy shit happens in like three years. So Jane and H.H. H. Holmes were. Yeah. around the same time oh yeah, my god that that's too. crazy yeah oh, back okay. when things were crazy yeah oh like we're creating social work and destroying the life insurance industry at the same time yeah <laughs> yes, I love it okay so in 1884 Henry I'm gonna call him Holmes though because we know who we're talking about then Holmes graduated medical school and moved to Chicago to work at a drugstore. After the owner of the drugstore died, he convinced the widow to let him run the store. Shortly after, she abruptly moved to California and never contacted any of her friends and family ever again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Although I did find somewhere that that actually may be a pile of shit. Um, oh. And they've got photos of both of their graves. Oh. That's the other thing, too. It's, it's been over 100 years. Mm. So things get moved around and changed. Yeah. 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 But he ended up with the drugstore. Now around 1889, so it's been five, four or five years in Chicago. He purchased the empty lot across the street of a of the of the building to build a three-story hotel. Now originally this wasn't supposed to be a hotel. Um I've I've heard both. It wasn't supposed to be a hotel. Um he just made it a hotel during the World Trades Fair. But I've also heard what I've got is it was a hotel and he put out ads looking for specifically female workers. So during the construction, he would hire and fire a lot of the staff, like just constantly bringing in new staff so that no one had a clear picture of what the hotel looked like. Weird things were built into the hotel. Some rooms were soundproof. Some kind of acted as gas chambers that Henry could that Henry could control. 
There were trapdoors and random peepholes, and the hotel came with a standard issue crematorium and acid pits. There were also chutes on all floors that would take the bodies to the basement for his uh, experimenting, if you might. When it was completed in 1891, he put out three ads, one looking for a young woman to work there, one advertising the hotel itself for people to stay at, and one advertising himself as a wealthy man looking for a wife. However, anyone who ad answered these ads, including guests, would have to have a life insurance policy. Holmes was even willing to help you get one as long as you put him as the beneficiary. What a kind gentleman. What so just such a great dude, just amazing. Uh, and I kind of wonder at the time, would the people he'd been helping out, would they have been literate? Like they would have needed the help. Oh. So like he would have said, sign here, sign here, sign here. Don't worry, I wrote it all. You're good. Yeah. 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 He he sounds like the original Craigslist killer. Like yeah, it ads. Just, like people came to him. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. I've watched a documentary about this dude and it still gives me the heebie-jeebies. I'm just like, ugh. You know what's funny? I actually didn't know, and probably the documentary you watched, I didn't actually know anything about him until the History Channel did the one that I want to talk about in a bit. Oh, okay. Yes. So the hotel was beginning to get a reputation. Women would go in and never be seen again. That's a fairly good reputation. And this is why we need the internet, though, because I see one bad review on something, and I'm like, well, fuck that. Oh, absolutely. If it's below, like, 4.8 stars, I'm not staying there. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, everyone else could give it a glowing review, and then one bad review, and I, especially if it's from a female, and I'm like, forget that. Nope, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're killers. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no. I'm like, nah, absolutely not. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's the same thing when I'm buying things off of Amazon. One mm -hmm. person gets one dupe, and I'm like, yeah, it's a piece of shit, that's why. Yep. Yep. So, thank you for the internet, internet people. Yes. <laughs> so in 1893, only two years after completion, Chicago would host the World Trade Fair. Hotels of all kinds would do great, and many people were checking into Henry's Murder Castle. I'm assuming it wasn't named that. I don't know what he called it. <laughs> then again, yes. come let's stay not down at pretend Henry. you and I wouldn't do a girls' night at a place called Murder Castle. <laughs> Girls night and we bring ghost hunting supplies. Oh my god, I would totally be there with my EMF reader and you'd have a Ouija yeah. board under one arm and we'd have no, a bag No Ouija board. We come it's not in our house. It's fine. No. Leave them there for housekeeping to clean up. Ah. Do not disturb. Ghosts are, are um talking. Do not so, disturb talking to ghosts. Yes, yeah, we're busy. We're we're busy. All this time, Holmes was traveling all over the U.S. as well with his sidekick, Benjamin Pietzel, doing some classic insurance scams. The economy was struggling, so, at the, so the hotel wasn't doing very well, so he focused on, travel, on his travels to fill his need for murder. While in Texas, he stole some, some horses and sold them in St. Louis. He was arrested for this and sent to jail. This is my favorite part. While in prison, he confided in his cellmate, Marion... Hedgepeth, that he had a plan and needed help. He was going to fake his de death for insurance money when he got out. The insurance companies, for the first time ever, didn't give him a policy. And that's kind of funny. Like, the one time he actually has a living person, <laughs> they won't. They're like, nah, this is fake. So, also, 
Yeah. Like if he's also if he's always listed as the beneficiary, shouldn't they like look at this and be like, hmm? You know a lot of people that have died recently. Well, and like obviously mm. now we look back at things like that and we're like, that's a scam. But there were so many scams going on at the time. Like I know they didn't have the internet or even like a telephone system, but at no, at no point did they do did they not go to like a convention? Yeah. And being yeah. like, that's crazy. I just had a woman who's on her eighth husband. Right. Exactly. Like, because there were so many black widows were roaming the. There's a Lonely Hearts killer. All of them were doing great. Yep. And nobody yep. thought to like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> so again, I'm so glad we have a national da- database now. Heartbroken, Henry tried a similar plan in Philadelphia with his good old buddy, Benjamin. Now, how do you at- fake your friend's death, you may ask? Easy. You kill them. It worked. They're dead. They don't have to fake anything. <laughs> <laughs> You sent me into a coughing fit with that. <laughs> How do you fake your friend's death? Just straight up kill them. Well, I mean, you're not faking anything. You're going to get away with it now. <laughs> However, here's another pro tip. If you're going to have an accomplice, you need to actually give them their cut. Otherwise, they become a snitch. True. So now we've got like a list. Pay your taxes. Don't run red run red lights if you've got a body in your trunk. And how many times have we had accomplices come forward? I mean, the one who um Gucci killer, she didn't pay her hitmen. Yeah. Yeah. Like pay your hitmen, otherwise they snitch on you. Pay your people, man. Just pay Well, just your pay your people in general. Like a living wage is really important. Yes. But otherwise they're gonna snitch on you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which is exactly what Marion did. Holmes was arrested for his scam, but when the police searched his castle, they discovered so much more than they were expecting. Holmes had killed numerous people in his castle. Unfortunately, um, through either regular decomposition or his really freaky torture tactics, they were too decomposed to actually figure out how many there were. Uh. The investigation also kind of extended all over the country and into Toronto. Oh, um, Henry had convinced Benjamin's wife to, like, let three of his children to travel with him, and he just got kind of tired of them and killed them. <gasps> yeah. So he was arrested in 1994 um, and hung in 1996. During this time, he confessed, confessed to 28 murders, but it is re- believed that he is possibly responsible for about 200. Um, 1996 he was hung? I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, 1896. Okay, I was like, wow, he lived a long time. Yeah, no, these prison sentences, the wait time for being executed is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, real talk, it's... It's a hundred years. He actually had to extend his life to make it. (laughs) So, um, so some feel that that he might have possibly continued killing after his death, as multiple people involved with his trial died shortly after. So now, in order, a coroner physician who was a witness died of blood poisoning. The head coroner and the judge were both diagnosed with terminal illnesses that were not there or at least discovered prior to the trial. The superintendent at the prison died by suicide. The priest who prayed with Holmes before his execution was found dead, possibly from a mugging gone wrong, although I I heard there was also some issues with his liver. The jury foreman was electrocuted doing electrical work at his house. 
uh, a victim's father was burned in a gas explosion, and one of the many insurance um, offices he had scammed burned down, and apparently the only thing that survived was a framed copy of his arrest warrant and two photos of him. So I got most of that from a podcast called Ghostly Podcast. Mm. They were actually super helpful, and most of the stuff I'm about to talk about came from them. And they were really, I really enjoyed how they had a back and forth. Like they would say, this supernatural stuff would happen. But then again, I think everyone was dying of blood poisoning. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Because like I said, it was really hard to find some of this stuff. So they were super helpful. Yeah. So the murder castle was originally going to be a freaky museum. Uh, even back then, I mean, like back then it was even worse possibly because they had nothing else to do. But someone yeah. bought it, and they were going to turn it into a museum. Yeah. But it burned down before he was even executed. Oh. Some aren't sure whether that was... Oh, sorry, it didn't burn down, but part of it burnt. Mm. And they weren't sure that was possibly because of what it was. Someone did that. Um. Mm. So they rebuilt it, and the post office moved in. I don't really know why you would rebuild something like that. But then again, it was kind of in the Great Depression, so they didn't really have money to. I'm surprised they actually rebuilt it. However... I mean, I guess if the post office moved in, the chutes are good for mail and stuff. Yeah, they're quite large like, with a big bag of mail down them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In the 30s, however, it was properly torn down, and the new building was built. However, it is believed that a portion of the basement um, is still there, and it was used as the foundation for the new building because the basement looks a lot older than the rest of the building, which just kind of, I guess, architects and stuff like that aren't like us, and they don't think of stuff like that, but, like, no. Especially because, like, most of his freaky work was done in the basement. The basement was the first to go in my head. Right, right. So throughout the grounds and the post office, there's a lot of activity, but it does seem to be strongest in the basement. Mm. Um. Mostly, mostly, but you hear the usual, you know, sounds moving around, sounds and things moving around, but a lot of women can be seen wandering around, and the sound of a woman singing or humming can be heard in some places as well. Hmm. Now, people walking their dog also claim they need to cross the road as the dog will not cross in front of the building. Oh. And then... This is also where the podcast came, and they were like, yeah, this isn't really... But people say they also feel a lot of dread when walking in front of the building. Mm. But I also think, assuming everyone knows when they... If you live in the area, you know that post office used to be the murder castle, so you just kind of know, mm-hmm. and it's there. Mm-hmm. So I don't always take... I mean, like, when you walk into a room that you have no idea, and you feel something, that's crazy. But when you're walking next to a building that was previously a murder castle... Yeah, you'd feel weird. Yeah, yeah. So a former caretaker of the castle died by suicide, and his family claims that he had been haunted for months and suffered from hallucinations. He was found in a bed, in, or in bed, with a note that just said, I couldn't sleep. Which is, honestly, again, that one, ah, <laughs> there's so much there. I just, I can't imagine trying to live with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, and then you'd have to wonder, like, maybe he didn't know, but, like, looking back, he'd probably be wondering, well, I heard a scream. Was it that? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that the note said, I couldn't sleep. Oh. That, that to me just makes, it just makes me so sad. Oh. Like, I read that as such a de- defeated, like, I couldn't do it anymore. 
Yeah. 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 Now, Holmes has a descendant, which must be awkward. His great-grandson, Jeff, wrote a book about the case in an attempt to get the victim's names known. Um, Holmes also claims that he was Jack the Ripper on death row. So Jeff and the History Channel teamed up to look into that. Now, that is when I learned about his name. I don't know. I Honestly, I don't. He's a big name, but he's not like, I don't know, Jack the Ripper or um, Ted Bundy. I think he was just before... Kill, serial killers were famous. Yeah, yeah. Um, although he's claimed to be the first uh, American serial killer, which I also don't feel is right. No, I think that I think that checks out. America's very young. That's like, true very, too. Very young. Well, that unless was, it was like someone during the colonial times, or if you count us killing all of the indigenous people. Well, um... I think there's that too. Like the definition of serial killer. Like there was like, um. Jesse James and them probably killed a million people. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm so dramatic. But they probably killed enough people to definitely be qualified as serial killers, but they were just outlaw cowboys. Hmm. Yeah. But I was surprised. The um, World Trade Fair that they that was happening at this time was celebrating America's, or no, not even America's birthday. It was celebrating 400 years since Columbus found America. Oh. And it's like, damn, had it only been, because that even means for us, it's only been 500 years. Yeah. Like 550, yeah. that's crazy. Yep. The world is a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a baby. I'm just a baby. <laughs> I'll remember that next time though, it's snow, there's a snowstorm in like March. It's, I'm yes. just a baby. <laughs> okay, so his body was exhumed. Okay, there was also a rumor that he uh, had a st- he paid someone to stand in for his execution and he never died. Which I always wonder about stuff like that. Who says, yeah, okay? <laughs> How much? It doesn't even matter if you give me a billion dollars, I'm dead. Oh. I mean, I guess oh. if I was like had a terrible terminal disease and I could give the money to my family but like yeah or like I have a wife and a kid or something sure I guess if you had people you cared about because I'm just thinking mm-hmm. no I'm gonna run off to Paris and die <laughs> traveling the world or something yeah but some people have wives and kids yeah <laughs> actually I think I think this dude actually had wives yeah uh, I didn't get into all of that but he was definitely married at one time that's how yes. he has a great-grandson I guess yes <laughs> So the team ended up including a CIA research team, dug up the coffin and found a coffin full of concrete submerged in water. Apparently, this is what Holmes wanted. He kind of believed that he was like the devil. So he wanted something to make sure that the devil was contained properly. That's some vampire stuff right there. Yeah, well, I think that's why I always thought there was more mystery around more mystery and supernatural stuff around him than there actually is yeah um and i think a lot of that came from him he had a lot of weird claims that he shouldn't have yeah yeah like man really thought he was something yeah but there was in fact a body in the concrete and it was his Hmm. okay so i'm gonna get really nasty for a second okay because of the concrete and water he had decomposed really weirdly so i'm just gonna quote the website 
The clothes were almost perfectly preserved and his skull retained its mustache. But all the tissue, the body tissue is basically a puddle that had to be pumped out. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it stunk. Oh, so Which, it's like the bog bodies in Ireland. Yeah, well, like, yeah, if you put something in concrete and then submerge it, if you submerge anything in water for almost 100 years. Yeah. Because this was recently, uh, I think it was right before we moved to China. Oh, so it would have been okay. more than 100 years it was down there. Ugh. And it shouldn't still stink. But then again, anything in water stinks. True, true. But yeah, a puddle that needs to be pumped out. Ugh. At some point, they also referred to it as a sludge. Uh, uh, yeah okay. i'm muting <laughs> <laughs> and she actually just muted me guys <laughs> because of the dna puddle they couldn't really test that they were able to use his teeth and bones to test and they concluded that it was in fact him for the jack the ripper part though i couldn't find too much about it um i, re- I feel like i recall the tv show concluded though that the timeline didn't add up and there were records of Holmes being in the u.s and not in london I think it would have made more sense if Jack the Ripper came after Holmes and they thought he didn't die. Maybe he ran to London. That could have made more sense. But I think it was either before his reign of terror or during his time in Chicago, in the United States. So it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So Jeff also visited the site as he wanted a commemorative plaque put up for the victims, um, which I'm not really sure. Chicago seems to do a really good job at tearing this stuff down and try to pretend it didn't happen. So I don't know if the commemorative plaque ever got put up or will ever get put up. But while he was there, he was warned against going into the basement. But in his own words, before I walked down those steps, I was not a believer. Absolutely not. I would have have walked into any building in the world. An hour later, when I came out, my whole foundation had been changed. I was a believer. It is also possible that he found plans to the original castle and he wants to do more digging because they never actually excavated the grounds they, other than when they built. So if there are bodies buried there, they don't know yet. I also heard that he is being haunted by his great-grandfather who is leading the searches. Um, which would honestly make sense because once he was arrested, he kind of became a giant attention whore. He possibly wrote a book about himself and claimed he was morphing into the devil himself. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Um, like the podcast I listened to kind of described it as like Teen Wolf style. <laughs> his ears were changing. His he was the scaly baby. Yes, he's the devil baby. He's the devil. Well, he did claim that's actually one of the quotes that are tri- attributed to him. I'm I didn't write it down, but the devil is in within me. I cannot help this any more than a poet can help singing or something. Oh. Which I've heard that too many times. How many killers have been like, you need to stop me. I can't control myself. Uh, uh, I'm transforming into the werewolf. Uh. No, yeah. the devil, Maddie. Get it right. Okay, the devil. I'm sorry. And also, and- it's not a devil, baby. It's I'm the devil, comma, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming on to you. I'm the devil, baby. Baby. <laughs> oh, gross. Some guy would do that. <laughs> would you like to crime? Well, I'm the devil. But- the problem is, is I'm scaring myself because I could actually see a guy using that. Yes. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> At some point, Holmes was married to a woman named Marta, and they had a daughter named Lucy, and she had a kid who had a kid named Jeff. 
Um, I don't know that for a fact. I assume that's right. Holmes only lived with them in Wilmette for a few years, but there are some urban legends around the house that, the, that he was living in there. There are rumors that he had killed his neighbor while there, but the police don't think that it was him as it was not his usual style. This may also be where we get the Jack the Ripper rumor. Um, so we now have a rumor that we don't know where it came from, a rumor that might have actually just came from him because he said it while on death row. And the cops also said, well, you might as well just blame him for being Jack the Ripper uh, in London as, as as that one. So what they're saying is, is I, and I kind of get it too. I think we had the same thing with Israel Keys. People are just trying to close up cases. Mm-hmm. But they're pretty sure, oh my gosh, they're pretty sure that he did not kill his neighbor. Yeah. Um, the rumor intensified, though, when bones were found near the house. However, they turned out to be a horse skeleton. What? I'm sorry. I've never seen a horse skeleton, but I've actually ridden horses, and they cannot pass for the old lady next door. Yeah. <laughs> but can you imagine? Like, it's a giant femur. You know, she was a pretty tall lady. <laughs> what? About no. as tall as a horse. About a, yes, yeah, yeah. Those legs, man. She was what they call big boned. <laughs> So the neighbors, and I enjoy this one, okay? This is a pretty chill one. The neighbors are also confident he stole lumber from his neighbors to build the house. Like, of all the crimes, he was just sneaking over there and stealing blocks of or boards to build his own house. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Which I also, to be honest, I kind of call bullshit on that because he was a pretty mm. well-off guy. Yeah. I think yeah, of yeah. all the things he was doing. That wasn't it. But then again, he did actually get to go back to horses. He sold those horses in Texas. True. So, true, true, true. And I am no longer enunciating horses properly. <laughs> he sold the horse in Texas. <laughs> okay. So that is, uh, that's about it for my case. However, I did find while I was doing this, um, and we've talked about this before, this case happened quite a long time ago, and it has become more famous for just being famous, and people are kind of forgetting that people actually died. Um, and there's a lot of horse haunted houses and escape rooms that are being designed around this house. Um, and there are there's a board game that is trying to get the funding so that it could become a thing, and I just don't agree with that. No, you're joking. Nope. There were like a lot of... board game? Yeah. Like a clue-style board game. Oh, no. Like murder house or something. And there was a lot of haunted houses that are, come spend some, see if you can get out of the murder house. And it's like, no, guys, people actually got locked into this house and were tortured and killed. And never seen again. Yeah. So I just, I think that's really gross. And I don't encourage that. So don't, don't send me one for my birthday. (laughs) Like, I've never done an escape room and I like the, I like the idea of of an escape room, but I don't think we should be using something that actually happened. Oh, I found the board game. It's available to order. It's already available. It got kickstarted. That's good. I'm glad. It it reached 228% funded. Okay, at that point, too, like, you didn't even make it halfway. Quit. (laughs) No, it got overfunded. It was supposed to need oh, 27. Oh, 200. Oh, yeah. okay, sorry. I, I only heard 28%. No, 200. No, it, Shit, it went the wrong way. Yeah. 
It was supposed yeah. they only needed twenty seven thousand. They got sixty three thousand. Well, and I'll take a picture and add it to the um Instagram, but it kind of just looks like clue to me. Yeah, I see it being a little like clue and stuff. I obviously didn't like look into it because I don't really want to play it. But yeah. surely you could have made a game that was unrelated. Yeah. And to be honest, like, you know, even if you made a murder mystery house that was just not related in any way, I still would be okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, the concept is obviously a pretty big deal. And it's also, when you really think about it, though, the concept of a murder house, it's like the Winchester house, but used for killing people. It's mm. not that creative. But don't use the same one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, but that's uh. my case. Nice. Very good case. Good, good, good. So, yeah, I've, I never actually watched... Oh, that's it, too. Um, We've already mentioned them a dozen times. Ghost Adventures. They yes. went. Um, yes. That's actually... It was really hard. That's trying to find something that wasn't them. Every mm -hmm. time I typed in H.H. Holmes Ghost, they popped up, and I don't have yep. access to the show. So I was going to try to find the show, oh, no. but I didn't have the chance to. Oh. But... I also, honestly, like, I love, if I watched Ghost Adventures, I guarantee I would have found seven other ghosts that I didn't talk about. Yes, exactly. You know, that screech that none of us heard? That was yeah. him. Like, <laughs> Jay Tom's back from the dead. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Zach <laughs> is getting possessed again. Again. Send Nick in. <laughs> no, he's not with the show anymore. Well, that's why they sent him <laughs> too many times. <laughs> he had his own show for a minute, but it got canceled. Honestly, I had Discovery Plus for half a second, and mm -hmm. they're all on Discovery Plus. They have so many spinoffs, it's crazy. Yep, yep, yep. But, yeah, you know what? Maybe H.H. Holmes would have liked his biceps. Yep, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> so I think that's it. Maddie, where are we going next? All right, guys. Thank you for flying with us today. Join us in two weeks as we prepare your flight to Bavaria, Germany. Be sure to comment and share wherever you find your podcast. It's a great way to help us out. Thanks for listening and stay terrified. Bye. Bye.